Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. SRB Media. Good morning, Gabby. Morning, Terry. And morning all to part six, episode six of our weekly podcast, The Current View. How's things, pal? Fine, thanks. We're going to be talking... Nice day, so... uh got rid of the rain so yeah yes it's a, a nice day well i think the rain's heading towards birmingham because apparently it's going to absolutely <laughs> pour down here later so thank you very much for that we're going to be talking about football clubs because uh, i know you want to get in depth about the game but firstly we always start with something a little bit trivial what was your favorite football anthem because i was having a twitter row about this last night <laughs> my favorite football anthem yeah and not the one that oh. you sung singing the blues that no. still played at Hillsborough, which was brilliant by the way, <laughs> um, I, there's two I like really. I yep. like the uh, the Chelsea one. Yep, blues the colour and uh, blues the colour, and I like the uh, the Leeds United one. Marching on together, uh, marching on together. Yeah, uh, great, two great uh, football uh, anthems in and around uh, my time when I was playing football, and obviously great players uh, uh, playing football uh, at that time. Great clubs, and do you know what? As well, tell that late 60s, early 70s period, some manic results as well. Chelsea and Leeds, they played some right games, some right battles, and some right massacres as well. Well, when you, when, when you look at that in those days, teams went out uh, to uh, play football against yeah. each other, they weren't trying to play, you know, it's, it's this 11 against uh, that 11. Leeds uh, played Manchester United or Chelsea playing Birmingham or whatever it were, Tottenham playing Arsenal. They, they, they had a go at each other. Yeah. And what's crept into the game, uh, in the modern game, is uh, working on um, organisation, yeah. not attacking flair players. Yeah. So it, it, it's that great to watch, great entertainment, great pictures to play on, you know, the mud bus when people used to go flying. Yeah. Uh, so all in all, uh, good entertainment. But... I will, what I will say about modern day football, even though we're talking about uh, the 60s, 70s, 80s, is it is better for them play, to play on these types of pitches. Yeah. But it's done away with the, mo- the most skill, which I can't understand why they've done it. It doesn't seem correct, does it? Because you would you would think that on mud bath pitches, which which you guys played on, you'd have worse football less skill and on bowling green surfaces more skill but but it, it's kind of it's the other way around isn't it but do you think that there's a lack of skill there's a lack of teams going forward trying to win the game more emphasis on teams not losing the game because of the amount of money particularly in the Premier League and now because the the riches are so great in the Premier League even championship clubs do that and the FA Cup prime example most teams now in the top two divisions play a reserve team in the FA Cup well fabulous points if you take if you take all what you've just said there if you look why 
what's the reason why uh, teams uh, are not wanting to lose? You can you can use that excuse that the Premier League has got has got the money. Yeah. But my my take on that is it's that the managers don't want to get beat four and five. Yeah. They use the excuse as that the the big clubs have got uh, all the money. Yes, of course they have. But the big clubs have always had the money. Mm. So it's all it's about you as a coach coaching your players to to try and improve and to take the, 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 these people on or these teams on and and they haven't done that the FA Cup used to be a, a, a fabulous uh, week to build up to it when we were all kids you know TV programmes Friday night through the week uh, all the build up to it uh, the bus journey in, into Wembley with TV cameras on the uh, on the buses um, mixing with players all that uh, has been done away with I won't blame the money side of it I, I'll always blame the coaching side of it because the smaller club the smaller club have always had a disadvantage against the bigger club yeah. and if you look if you look at these clubs what go into the Premier League Bolton's a prime example look look at the scenario what's happening at Bolton mm. You know, trying to uh, match these clubs and trying to buy players instead of trying to coach players and improve players and sign young players at the, in, through the academies. What's got, got technical ability and understand the game? What they've done, they've fetched young coaches in, or these coaches, you Sam Allardyce, Sam Allardyce and you Dave Moyes, and all they've worked on is organisation and not getting beat. Part of it is to not get beat four and five nil. That's why the that's why you've heard the, the, the statement now of parking the bus. Yeah when these clubs play the top teams now. But again, the top teams did get beat by five, six and seven in the olden days, but they didn't the next game part the bus. There wasn't the fear. I think, you know, we've always had coaches that could and coaches that can't. A coach that you absolutely love is Pep Guardiola. And I heard a great story about Pep and a young kid this morning. And, you know, there are so many coaches, as you say, that would rather defend defend, defend, than go out and try and win a game. I'm trying to put my finger on when that started in football. When did we start going so negative and why? It started round about the mid-70s. Yeah. If you look at the two teams that won everything in the mid-70s, which yeah. was Liverpool, Liverpool uh, and, and, and Forest, but it was Liverpool, mainly Liverpool, because they played attacking type of football when other coaches come into it oh we can't beat the Liverpools of this world and it's not that they're worried about losing uh, Gabby I, I promise you it isn't that yeah. what they're trying of doing is getting hammered 4 and 5 mil yeah. you know in the old days you, you see 5-3 yeah, yeah, yeah. 6-4 7-3 yeah. Yeah. you know and again the following week it, it carry on so yeah. what they've done and they said they've organised you know what, what makes me laugh with all these intellectual coaches now mm -hmm. been, this defender can defend or he can't defend what they've done they've put two old midfield players yep. in front of John Terry and then they turn around and say what a great player John Terry is listen John Terry's been a good player I don't I don't dispute that one little bit yep. but Bobby Moore never had two old midfield players nah. He had Bobby Charlton bombing forward. He had Martin Peters bombing forward in the World Cups and then at West Ham, these players. These were great players. So when they call these good players today great players, when they've got two old in midfield players defending and protecting the back four, it makes me laugh when they say, great. Yes, you can see he's a good player. You can see he's organising. And I'd have him in my team. But don't compare it to yesteryear 
to what they're doing now because they've got more protection now defending than they've ever have done in their life because managers are frank to lose, not lose games, is to lose four and five nil because the continental managers, coaches, have fetched technically gifted players into our, in, in, into our game. And you're absolutely right because, again, I, I can't remember at what stage this lost of two holding defenders, uh, two holding midfield players come into our game. Because you're right, in the olden days, you you if you were a defender, you get the ball and the first thing that the gaffer would say, give it to someone that could play, give it to someone that could play. Bill Shankly always used to say, the best form of defence is attack. <laughs> and it's not changed. Well, you see, well, Guardiola's proved that. Exactly. Yeah. And but I know people were going to turn around and say, oh, look at all the money he's got. Look at how he's improved them players. You tell me where Moyes and, and Sam Allardyce and them coaches over that yesterday, uh, Graham Taylor, and now you tell me where they've even proved it. Here's a prime example. It's not, I'm a, look, Howard Wilkinson was a Sheffield Wednesday player. Howard Wilkinson was a Sheffield Wednesday uh, manager. Right? Howard Wilkinson got rid of Eric Cantona, the most skillful player what Leeds United had had for years and years and years. Yeah. Why didn't he want him? Because the other players looked up to him. They don't want that. They don't want that. It's it's coaches like that what have done it. And nobody will convince me any any, any other hour. They have knocked players over the years and, and, and put labels to players when we should have been looking at their method. Because what have they left behind? What have they left for our young coaches? We've finished up with hardly any coaches in this country, what's going to manage top four four clubs? Having said that, I'm looking now at Dean Smith, who I love, uh, his football. Listen, good luck to Aston Villa. And I hope they go on to achieve many, many things because I want to see quality. I'm not against foreign coaches coming in. Let's have a, a great mixture with everybody. To be the best, you've got to beat the best, Gabby. Yeah. You've got to beat the best. You're not going to beat the best by defend, defend, defend. You know, because, I mean, the Champions League, regardless of what anybody says, it's a cup competition, only like the FA Cup, with the big teams, it's just the big teams what's in it. Mm. Um, <clears throat> who can win that? Anybody can win it, because Tottenham proved that they, uh, they they had that bit of luck to, to beat Manchester City to get in, in, into a final. Uh Ball running right, uh, running right for you. A referee decision might go go that way, but the league is harder to win. So for Manchester City to win that league, when they're playing against a lot of teams, what are defending? And it's not defending; it's parking the bus in yeah. some uh, in some circumstances uh, to try and break that down mm-hmm. and get results. It's phenomenal. Listen, and I like what Klopp's doing. It's not just about Guadio. I like what Klopp's doing there. It's a different type of football, but I like to watch his type of football. Yep. What I don't want to watch, if you look at the third and fourth, well, I call it third and fourth division, if you look at Championship 1, Championship 2, anybody who goes to watch those play, there's no coaching in that. It'll be a big lad. They've done away with wingers, so there's no, no wingers to get to byline to pull balls back for the big lads. So, you know, I feel sorry for them in, in, in that sense because what is it? It's balls over the top or the balls up to the front man to flick on. Crazy, crazy. No wonder why we fell behind the rest of the world, the coaching and everything. But it is changing a little bit. But again, how how difficult is it to play that game as well, Tel? Because we've had many conversations where, you know, you've, you've between you and Alan Hudson, you've, you've educated me so much. But if you're playing that long ball all the time, the team's getting tired. You you need to conserve your energy. I, 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 
the football get the football pitches in three three thirds, and you know your your attacking players come alive in that final third. You want your attacking players with more energy all of the time. So in this modern game, they're doing so much tracking back. I've got other players on my pitch that can do that job. I want my players in that final third being explosive. And I remember, I think it was, I think it was Hullet years ago when he was talking about um, Paul Scholes, and he says, "What's he doing running back? Are yeah." You don't want him doing negative running. By the time he gets the ball into the final third, when we want him to be explosive, he's knackered. It's ridiculous the way you play. Well, when you when you analyse what you what you've just been talking about there, yeah. oh, the ball over the top, yeah, can be a good ball yeah. occasionally. Yep. But you know, your ordinary managers have worked on that. The English coaches have worked on that. For, for years if you take the Manchester City goalkeeper occasionally he will let a long ball when everybody's been bang, uh, uh, coming to the opposition half so if Manchester City goalkeeper gets the ball from a from a free kick or a, or, or a corner kick and they are isolated up there he will hit a, a long ball yeah. he will hit a long ball now what we did we concentrated like I said we concentrated on, on our coaching in eating channel balls now every time again every time you're eating channel every time you're eating channel balls more often than not when you've got two midfield players in there or three midfield players in there one of them has got to go and support that long ball yeah. now to support that long ball that is now disorientating or uh, disrupting your uh, formation yeah. coaches don't get it he's disrupting it because what's happening he's going out of position to go and support a 30-40 yard pass so if that ball then and you're playing against a team what played the similar type of way hits the ball back right that the other midfield player then has to go and go and close down. Yeah. If someone then plays the ball first time, now you've got three players out at game, mm. and maybe four players, right? Because uh, they're playing a similar type of game, which is a, a ball up to chase, for it to be humped back, you know, then to backtrack. What else is happening then? So your, te- your team's disrupted, your team's getting more tighter. You know, your Manchester Citys and Liverpools and the great teams, what do keep the ball? And I'm not all about keeping square, sidewards and backwards. I'm talking about uh, putting it into areas where people can control it, not putting it into box for sake of putting it into box. You know, I mean, I like to watch the Arsenal play, but they went over the board yeah. where they wouldn't even shoot. Yeah, wanted to walk it in the pitch. In the, they wanted uh, in to walk goal, it into the pitch. Yeah. They wanted a perfect goal. Yeah. No, I, I don't even believe. I, I don't believe in that. I yeah. believe in the great teams what play great football, and and Barcelona and Guardiola is not the first one to do it. Yeah, because the first the first team I ever saw do that type of football. Well, the Leeds Uniteds and Man Uniteds and all them Chelsea's were doing all that. Yeah. All of them, Burnley, they were all, they all had five or six top players. But the great team I saw were, were, were the uh, Brazilian World, uh, World Cup team in 1970. Yeah. Football was unbelievable what they were doing. Mm-hmm. Into movement, into changing. You know, occasionally it uh, uh, in a, di- a diagonal ball, which pulled people out. You know, uh, so that was the first time I saw that type of football. And it's been with me ever since. Now, I'm not old school because I'm always one for learning learning new things. Yep. And that's what our coaches haven't done. They have not learned anything new, only the same type of football. And why do they do it? They do it for one reason, especially at the lower clubs, is to get an higher club. So all the work looking for 
is themselves to improve themselves, not the yeah. not the players. Mm. Get, if I can get a result, we we don't get beat uh, today. It's a nil nil, or we lose one nil instead of five nil. Other people talk about me. The pundits, the pundits will talk about me and get talking about uh, he ought to be at this club, he ought to be at that club. You know, go if you want to get on to to, to Guardiola's level, go and improve your coaching, and then you might get a chance to manage them types of teams. I agree because I remember before Lee Clark took over at Birmingham, um, they they were on a magnificent unbeaten run when he was manager at uh, Huddersfield with Terry McDermott. When he come and managed at Birmingham, I, I, I just couldn't believe how bad the football was. I mean, he looked absolutely clueless. But when you looked at a lot of the results that Huddersfield achieved in those days, they grabbed a draw out of the sorry, they got a, a, draw, a draw out of the jaws of a victory. It it was incredible at times, and and some of the football that the, that the Terriers fans would have been watching must have been driving them to despair. And you're right. There's a perception that because you don't get beat or you get these draws, you you then are talked about as a good manager. You get a bigger club, you progress. But unless really, and the essence of football is, unless you can play proper football and play it correct in the right way, pass and movement, Tottenham done that, didn't they? The old push and run yeah. in, the, in the 60s. Unless you can play real football, you're going to get found out very quickly, aren't you? Well, nowadays, nowadays with the foreign coaches, make no mistake. Here's a prime example: the Cowley brothers at um, Lincoln. Yeah, they've had two promotions, mm-hmm. and on paper it looks terrific. Yep, and it's done their reputation will the good. Yes. They see me having a go at the Cowley brothers. Yeah, because what I'm trying to say is, if they change their way of football when they got higher, yep. then I'll say terrific. You've done great to do that to get to that level. Yeah. But what they what they will do, they, they can only play that way. They, they, they can't adapt to yeah. play a different way. So when they now, if they get now a job, just say they get, well, they haven't got the West Brom job or the, or the Derby job, but just say they got a Sheffield Wednesday job. Yep. Right? How do you think they would cope? I will stick my neck out and say they would struggle like mad because that type of football is going to kill them. Yeah. In the long run, because you are not you are not coaching players and improving players. What you're doing is working on percentage football. Yep. You know, so when somebody's had that bit, little bit of success, Gabby, the turn around and say, "Oh, that's fantastic! That's fantastic!" You know, the long ball is a short-term success and a long-term failure. Wholly agree. Another thing that you hear so much with supporters is, "Look, we can't play football because we haven't got the players." Now. I've, I went last last Tuesday. I'm going up uh, the Grove again tonight to watch Ailes Owen. I was I was there. I was there Saturday to watch Ailes Owen. When I watched him against Lai, we, we talked about this last Wednesday on, on the podcast. I got a stiff neck, I'll be honest. So I went yeah. to the Grove and I thought, well, I'm, I'm, I don't know what I'm going to get today. They played Kidderminster. Kidderminster did bring a, a young team, to be fair to him. Mm. But the football that Ailes Owen played was superb. It was played on the floor. They got a player there, a holding midfield player, but he, you know, he was a, in old money, he was a proper midfield player. Yeah. He wasn't just holding, he was the governor. He, he made the passes, he made the play, Ashley Sammons. And they were fantastic. Yes, they hit some long balls, but they played it to players' feet and the movement of the front three was a frightening. Mixture. Yeah, and, a, and a I mixture. was, yeah, tell, I finished that game. I was so excited. I thought, I can't wait to 
get up there Tuesday night and watch them again. And they're non-league, so it can be played. Be done. Exactly. It can be done. Listen, but now when you said about the oldie midfield player, I'm not against an oldie midfield player. Same I'm, I'm against I'm, I'm against two oldie midfield players. Yeah, yeah, yeah same here. Right? And what I laughed at, it weren't uh, the, uh, Ailes Owen. What yeah. I laughed at, yeah, because yeah. what you was going to say, then you stop yourself saying it. <laughs> when I hear fans turn around and say, well, we can only play that certain way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I will tell you fans, yeah. right, whether you like it or not, and I will tell these managers, you Sam Allardyce, you listen to all these managers will say, I can only play with the players I have at my disposal. Who signed those players? Yeah. Sam Allardyce. Why did he sign those type of players? Why? Because he plays a way, a certain way to play. He has a certain philosophy to play. Mm-hmm. So he signed that type of player for it. And if it doesn't go right, who does he play? The players. Yeah. Once they cross that white line, what can I do? What can you do? You're the one What what plays that, has that philosophy to play that way. Hmm? Not that I can't match Manchester United. Guardiola didn't start straight in Barcelona's first team. He got the, the, the reserves. And he did well in that. And that's how he got the job at Barcelona. He did well at Barcelona. You know, his first three, four games, they lost at Barcelona. Another game, and he'd have been out. Yeah. Another game, he would have been out. He'd have been sacked. He didn't. Then the results started to come. Then the 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 the, the philosophy started to uh, kick in, and then he's got that eye now when he's he's got the world wanting him mm-hmm. to coach in their countries, right? That's how you do it. You don't go and say, "Well, we haven't got the money." Go and improve your players. Go and improve the teams. Go and improve and fetch people to put fetch fans in and sit. You know, get them to sit on seats. Get fans excited with exciting football. They will back you. You know, don't keep blaming, you know, the Premier League, the TV, you know, Gabby's of this world. Everybody wants to talk about the game. Everybody wants to try and make it a crust out of the game. Let's let's not knock them for doing it, but let's not the ones what are being negative and not producing the quality coaching and the quality players to take these teams on. So in essence, what you're saying there is you reap what you sow, don't you? If you're, a, exactly. if you're a negative manager, no matter what level of football you play, you could have a non-league manager that could come up. If he's playing decent football, he'll get decent players and he will play. He will be a success. You could have Pep Guardiola. Yes, if Pep Guardiola was manager of Ailes Owen, they would not go to Liverpool and get a result, but they would still play some mighty fine football. And that's the essence of a good coach, isn't it, Shirley? Yes, exactly. Exactly. If you've got, if you're brave enough to be able to take take these managers on and these teams on, uh, then you'll get more benefit from it. You'll get better quality players coming in. Now, if 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 me took over a uh, Sheffield Wednesday, yeah, and, and Sam Allardyce took over a Sheffield Wednesday, and I were playing football, I were getting beat um, week in and week out, getting hammered. You know, they're going to call me brainless. Uh, I ain't got a clue what I'm doing. And then Sam Allardyce comes in, organises something does mediocre, you know, stops from getting relegated, or oh, he's done a marvellous job. Yeah. No, I've done a bad job because I've just wanted to attack instead of getting it sorted out. In, when we haven't got the ball, we have to defend. Mm-hmm. That's when I've done a bad job. Yeah. But what, what, has he, what has he fetched to the game? It's just negative football with ne- negative players, yet he gets more praise for it. And I understand that because if you're going to keep getting beat, then, then nobody wants you. I, I, I get that. But you've got to have the balance where... When you've got the ball, you've got to be wide and expansive and attractive 
uh, and have the co confidence, the courage to go and take on. But when you haven't got it, you've got to make the pitch smaller. You've got to stop the opposition uh, getting into areas what's going to cause you, the team, the problems. Now, good coaches can see that. They see it before it even goes onto the pitch, right? The ordinary coaches will go out there, organise and try and stop it and just work on free kicks and corner kicks and hope that we get a goal from a free kick. Yeah. Hope that we get a, a, a goal from a throw-in. That's, that's going now. I guarantee you that's going. But again, if you set up like that, Tell, as a player, as soon as you go a goal down, how do you get back in the game? It's very difficult to get back into a game where you've had no input into trying to make a game, isn't it? I don't mean to be rude at it. When these teams do that, yep. I, I laugh my head off at it. Exactly. Because now, now they haven't got a clue. The best ones I've ever heard, you mind the coaches, the best ones I heard is, is, is majority of these pundits. Yeah. When they turn around and say, uh, they haven't got a clue what they're doing. Yeah. They haven't got a clue what they're doing. Well, once that happens, that the, the the manager uh, or the team gets beat, uh, gets a goal down after a, a minute or two, they're the ones what backed them in first place. Yeah, they've got to play that way, and then they haven't, they haven't got a clue how to to, to 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 give the answer answer to it. You know, it's crazy. No one know anyone when you go out on the, on on a, on a football pitch. You can see within the first four or five minutes if your team's not going to do well. Yeah. Now, do you pull a player off after four or five minutes? No, you don't because it, you know, that's been stupid. Yeah. But you've got to give them chance uh, to sort themselves out. They sign players and put players on the pitch. What cannot yeah. do that? They're looking at managers all the time to organise it for them. What the manager wants them to do. We haven't got, they haven't got enough players in there what can sort, sort the game out. Now, talking of managers and talking of your football club at Sheffield Wednesday, you still are looking for a manager, but you've got an interim manager to uh, take over for the first week, two weeks, first month of the season. It, I know they got left, you know, a little bit in the lurch with Brucey, but it does seem a little bit daft where they're going, doesn't it? Well, I've always tried to not talk too much about uh, Sheffield Wednesday, even on my wall. I've, I've just tried to put come on Wednesday, let's hope we get a result today. Yeah. But now I've started getting a bit more uh, deeper into it with them and thinking, well, hang on a bit. Why I'm not going to put up with it anymore. Yeah. I, my last my last statement I wrote about Sheffield Wednesday was, will the club stick with Lee Bullen uh, for the first month of the season? Yeah. And it looks as though I'm right, but it looks of it. Yeah. Why, have they, why have they put Bullen there? Now, if they're going to give Bullen a chance, I'll back Bullen. Yeah. If they don't give him a chance, you put whoever they put in, you, you back. Yeah. There's certain managers I don't want in, but if if, if they if they put in, then I will back them yeah. because you, you want you you want your team to do well. Yeah. Why have they give Bullen this job? This embargo, the seat's being lifted. Is Liam Bullen put in there so there's no money spent on on players? Mm. Yes, they've got to get rid, rid of players. Where do we want players? We've six strikers there. Two or three of them at the wrong uh, wrong end of the age, yep. you know, with no pace in there. Now, for me, what I wrote about the 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 Bed Bullen in charge, and and I think and I think they will stick with him for the first month. So once the transfer window's closed, they'll look at it and think, well, he's either done well and we'll give him job, 
and if he hadn't done well, then we'll fetch somebody in what's got to work with those type of players. Now, yeah. that's okay if they're going to work and improve them. Yeah. But they won't. They'll just fetch somebody in what will organise it. You know, a Chris uh, Hilton yeah. will we'll just organise it and play safe type of football and think, oh, we've done marvellous keeping up. You know, if we are now, if we are now going to compete with the elite, we've got to start getting elite coaches. You know, we're going to fall behind Sheffield United, whether people like it or not. Because once you're in that Premier League, them kids are going to say to their dads, can I go and watch uh, Saha play at uh, Liverpool, dad, against Sheffield United? The Sheffield United kids are going to say that to their yeah. dads. Yeah, yeah. You know, and the clubs don't realise this. No. You know, so then you lose... You, you lose some fans because they want to sit, they want to watch these top players. They want to watch this, the Guardiolas of this world fetching their teams down, the Agueros, Jesus, and all these type of players. The, you know, the Liverpools. They want to see them teams down there. And now we're behind that. Yeah. We're behind that. Right? And, and when you look at Wilder, what has Wilder done? He's played football with ordinary players. Ordinary players. Mm. What these other coaches say, you can't do it. You can't do that. But he's done it. No. And he's taking Jeff United up there. So when I look at Sheffield Wednesday, who who is advising the owner with these managers what they put in place? Who's advising? Now, Bruce, Premier League, uh, Newcastle's own town club. I still didn't think he'd go. But when I look at it now, now the more I'm looking at this, is there a problem at Sheffield Wednesday? Because yeah. I think there's a problem. I think there is no money for players. Yeah. He's got out of the players the best he could towards the end of last season, and now he's looked at it. The club's coming for him. I'm going to I'm going to jump I'm going to jump at this uh, because I don't I can't see me getting Sheffield Wednesday in the top four. Yeah. And that's my opinion of it, and that's my club. Mm. You know, I, I, there's nobody wants Sheffield Wednesday to go and win more than I do. I came out of old first division to play in third division. Didn't do my career any good one little bit. Did not do it one one good, one little bit to go and play in third division football. Mm. But I wanted to play for Sheffield Wednesday. Now, have they got the art of the right uh, things in mind for the club? Or is it just money to them? I don't know. I, I don't know. I personally think with uh, most owners of football clubs, and I think especially foreign owners of football clubs in particular, that the only reason that they buy a football club is for an investment, for, for whatever reason. In the olden days, you'd have your local businessmen, you'd have uh, people that had a connection with a football club and they would want to buy the football club for the right reasons. I'm not saying that they always done the right thing, but they had the club's best interests at heart. I'm not convinced that in the modern game, that's the way. Well, when you, when you analyse that now, to have one of the big clubs, you've got to be a billionaire. Yeah, absolutely. Not multi-millionaire, you've got yeah. to be a billionaire. Yeah. Now, why do the billionaires want these football clubs? Personally, why, I... Why, I do, why, if you've got a billion pound, yeah. why would you want to put it into a football club? My, my personal opinion is that Abramovich was told to go and buy uh, a football club in the Premier League and it ended up being Chelsea because yeah. the Russians wanted the World Cup. And yeah. uh, the, the people that bought Manchester City, bought Manchester City, which just happened to buy Manchester City because the Commonwealth Games uh, had been in Manchester and they got the stadium, etc., etc. They got the infrastructure as well. Um, and it was in a big city in the north of England because Qatar wanted the World Cup. 
Well, if you take the Manchester City scenario, yeah. when you look the amount of money what they put into Manchester City yeah. and the the area of Manchester, yeah. it's absolutely uh, brilliant yeah. and it's fantastic for that area of Manchester. Yeah, yeah. Well, wouldn't that money be better spent in their own countries in 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 in, in underdeveloped areas? Like we do in our countries, yeah. we leave certain areas underdeveloped and go and spend it abroad somewhere else. Makes you wonder, doesn't it? It makes you wonder why this is happening. Yeah. It really makes you wonder why. They, why would a billionaire want a football? The people, but to get people to believe it, they'll say, "Oh, it's a toy to them." Yeah. They don't get that kind of money by throwing it away. Nah. They don't get it. They can't kid me with that. There's always a reason. And I think that the reason is the greater prize. And I think that when you look at the awards of two World Cups, I think that's why they buy them. And it gives them great kudos as well. And, and I think that they, they, they buy the football club because it can enhance their business Reputation. Cap- capabilities. And that's yep. the only reason. And, and sadly, sometimes when it doesn't work, the club gets disregarded, gets Chucked, for instance, Charlton Athletic. They've got a Belgian owner absolutely doesn't care about Charlton. And where are Charlton going? Okay, they got promoted. Lou Bowyer's done very well. But yes. where's the long-term plans for Charlton? Where are the long-term plans for these football clubs? I don't think that they do have long-term plans. Most of the owners, I think it's just about them and they're not interested in what football, not what football can do for them. Or rather, what they can do for football is what football can do for them. Do for them. That, yeah. That's their interest for me, and that's exactly. why. And that's why they buy the football club, sadly. And and the fans get con because they will then use the press to to, to tell a, a, a number of stories, very be about managers or coaches or players and people that don't do as they say. Same. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. They are di- again disregarded. They're they're blackballed. They're bad mouthed. They're they're looked upon as as rebels and undesirables. And so the circle keeps going round and round again until we break it. But we don't. That's why people get jobs. Go. I was talking exactly. to an ex manager. I was talking yeah. to an ex manager uh, yesterday, and I asked him about a certain chairman. And then and what he said to me, he said, Terry. It, I've had him twice and they will stab you in the, the so nice to your face. Yep. Right. But they set on. When Howard Wilkinson went when Howard Wilson came into when Howard Wilkinson came into football, he set on people like Mick Mick Inigan. Yep. Right. Now a lot of players are, are like Mick because uh, he's, he's done well for him and looked after him in that sense. You know, but Wilkinson set people like Inigan on what's not played the game yep. to agree with him. Not, he's not going to send someone, someone in and say, well, that's wrong, and I, I think you're wrong with that, mm-hmm. because that's what they want, and it's that reputation then what get, goes with them to say, look, it's me what's all done this. Now, I will give Wilkinson credit for the academies. I think that a lot of people think the academies uh, uh, are wrong. I think the academies are right. Yeah. What's wrong about the academies is the coach and what's in it. Because yeah. if you can get good young players away from uh, certain uh, Amateur clubs, and what I mean by amateur clubs, it's not the, it's the clubs itself, it's the parents yeah. cre- screaming and shouting at that kid, threatening the coach. You know, why have you brought my player off? Shouting to the young, young players, get the ball upfield, get it away. You know, so the academies are brilliant for that type of thing, so we haven't got the parents. But even now, that's starting to creep into our academies yeah. because coaches are frightened to death to say anything anymore. Yeah. 
Peter Beers is a prime example. Yeah. Pri you know, he doesn't say anything. Because when you say something, you could say the wrong word, and they then some intellect takes it and twists that uh, saying and make it like a racist comment. So you've got to be careful what you say, even in the academies now. Yeah. So let's hope that our team, Birmingham and Sheffield Wednesday, are among the elite soon, Gabby. We, and then we're having more happier times. <laughs> we, 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 can, we can live in Oaktel, and I firmly believe if we had more coaches and managers with your beliefs, your philosophy on the game, I don't believe in... Well, OK, coaching badges, yeah. I, I get all that, and I get that they go to the school and, and, and get their, uh, their, their decorations. I, I get all that. Yeah. But your education was of playing for 20, 30 years of the game, putting smiles on our faces. Now, if we had more players like you that did that, I'm sure that us fans going to the games would have smiles back on our faces, rather being bored shitless in watching some of the sterile rubbish that's churned out by some of these modern day coaches that seem to be frightened of their own shadows. Gabby, we said we were going to talk about the managers that I had. Yeah. We're not even going to talk about them next week, but we'll probably do it the week after. Okay. I want to, next week, we're definitely going to talk about Maverick, why yeah. this came in yeah. about players. So next week, we're going to talk about the Maverick footballers in this country, past and probably present. Yep. Right? What? Why they've been... Uh, got that name, christened that name, uh, Mavericks. Yep. You, your take on it. I, I know where your take on it's coming from. Yeah. But I'm going to I'm going to give the reason why I think, and why it, uh, it's took, and why managers label players. I think it was done for a purpose. Yeah. So it's Mavericks next week. Managers the week after that you Captain. played, and I also want to touch upon the foreign input into the game of football because it was just after the 1978 World Cup finals where football clubs could have, I believe, three foreign players. And Didn't your club fetch the first... Was it, one of them, Tarantino, yeah. Yeah, Tarantino. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And, and then you go... I mean, we had other players before that, but I mean, when it really started to, to, to creep in. You know, uh, Tarantino, what, Tarantino, weren't it? Tarantino. Well, we had uh, Tarantino. Alberto Tarantino come after the yeah. 78 World Cup final yeah. to, uh, to to Birmingham. Um, yeah. We had Osvaldo Ardiles and Ricky Villa also yeah. come yeah. at Tottenham. There was, I remember the start of that season, the 78-79 season, where there was an influx of foreigners. I think Franz Tyson and Arnold Muren at Ipswich yeah. were also among uh, yeah. the, the first players. Uh, yeah. I mean, you, you, the Sheffield United had um, Alex Sabella, did well, they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Argentina. I played board. against Alex. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I remember yeah. you going past him and whacking the yeah. ball in in Sheffield United's net. <laughs> and Alex went on to be a manager of the uh, Argentina uh, national team, and all. So yeah, yeah, we'll, we, we, we'll fit all that in. Lovely. So till yeah. next time, Tal. Happy days, and um, the season kicks off on uh, on Friday night, and then. The Premier League kicks off the uh, the the weekend Following, after. Yeah. Who do you think is going to win the Premier League, and who do you think will get promoted to the Premier League? Before that, uh, Gabby. Yeah. All the best to Birmingham. Thank you. And Sheffield Wednesday. Yeah. I hope that we do have a good season. Yeah. 
uh, a good season, pair of us. Uh, the Premier League. I'm going to be. I'm not going to be boring. I'm going to be uh, uh, attacking minded because whoever beats, I can't see anybody beating uh, Manchester City. No. Not even Liverpool, no. I, because they've got two teams what are capable of going and, and, and challenging for the um, uh, all four competitions. Yeah. Right. Uh, Liverpool have to pull people out to, to, to not win the FA Cup to conserve uh, players, uh, the star players, not getting injured. Whereas Manchester City can put two teams out. So I think Manchester City will win it uh, and then it will be among the rest four or five, six teams to get into the top four. Who do I think will get, uh, go up in, uh, in the uh, championship? I think it will be um, Leeds United. Yeah. I will put Cardiff in that because I thought Cardiff did not too bad towards the end of last season. They've, yep. cut, they've kept majority of their, their players. And I know it's hard for teams to, to uh, go straight back up. Mm-hmm. But Warnock is quite good at getting teams up. And I yeah. think he's kept that nucleus. So I think they'll be in, in, among, in and among it. And I've got to put West Brom in that, in that, in that three yeah. going up. So they'll be my three, what I think. Uh, will be going up part of the um, championship well I'll, I'll agree with you in the Premier League I'm going for Man City because I think Man City will win it again yep um, I can't see anybody stopping them I really can't and the championship I, um, I'm going for Fulham they've kept hold of Mitrovic um, mm. they've added Nakart to the team as well and, and I think that they've kept quite a lot of those players and I, I've just got a hunch. I think Fulham will be there or thereabouts. And of course, Fulham is the the boyhood team of Alan Hudson as well. Is it right? So that's why you're going for Fulham. Well, not I'm really. Gonna I just, you, I just think they're going to win. I ain't going to take you with Nuddy on, and we're going to have a fiver on this. Okay. You're, you're got Fulham, and I'll have Leeds. No problem. No problem. And right. what, what we what we'll have to do when Sheffield play Birmingham, or you we'll know, meet up. Yeah, we will do. We'll get we'll we'll go down south and have a have a bar, uh, have a have a beer with Hudson. In I think it's yeah. the Golden Lion in Fulham. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we'll, we'll have a beer with him. We will do that for definite. Top okay. Back. Cheers, pal. Till next Cheers, time. Gabby. We'll speak in a week. Cheers, pal. Bye. 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 Bye.